If you're a parent, you never expect to have your children die before you do. It's just unnatural. Yet parents do lose children. Join us today as I interview Reverend Jerry Hayes. He and his wife have lost two sons, one in a tragic helicopter accident and the other to SIDS. How have you, Dr. Reverend Hayes, learned to deal with the death of your sons? What have you learned about grieving through this process? And how has God used you to serve others? What are some of the stages of grief? And how can we still have hope? These are some of the questions we'll talk about today. Stay tuned. You won't want to miss this program. This is Kay Meyer, president of Family Shield Ministries and your host for this program. I want to welcome... Uh, Reverend Jerry Hayes Thank to you. the studio. It's so nice to have someone sitting across from me. So many times I'm doing telephone conferences with uh, with the, our guest. You are pastor at Concordia Lutheran Church in Kirkwood, Missouri. And uh, I've already introduced you a little bit to our listeners, but uh, tell us about your family and also about your two sons that have passed from this life to the next. Okay, well, um, I've been married to Gretchen, my lovely bride now, for 20 years. Uh, We're close to uh, uh, our 21-year mark. And uh, we have... uh, had three sons, and we've had all of our sons by virtue of adoption. Um, God did not bless us with biological children, but we've been blessed with children in another way. And I constantly say that uh, uh, God chooses how he gives us children, and they're all a blessing. And so our oldest son is Caleb. And uh, as you well know, one of the hardest questions to answer when people address you after losing children is, oh, do you have any kids? Mm -hmm. And you have to make a choice as to whether uh, to tell them about your loss or if you just kind of keep it in a short conversation and tell them that you have one child, which we have one surviving. Caleb, our oldest, uh, was was the first child we lost in an accidental death, which I'll talk more about later. But uh, And then uh, we have Noah, who is in fourth grade, and Noah is our a uh, child that lives with us in our home now. He's a great kid. We adopted him from Guatemala, and uh, he's truly my son. He's a Cardinals fan, and he had a blast with the World Series. We were fortunate to go to game one. Mm-hmm. And then we had our baby Nate. Uh, baby Nate, uh, as you mentioned, uh, died with sudden infant death syndrome, and he was just seven months old when we lost him. But we are blessed as a family, believe it or not. And as my wife and I looked at uh, having more children by virtue of adoption, she said, you know, I believe our family was complete with Nate. We have three boys. And so we'll see if we have more down the road. But right now, that's where we're at. That's that's wonderful. Thank you so much for being my guest today and talking about the grieving process. Uh, we want to learn a little bit more about uh, your two sons. And what I usually say, because I have also lost two sons, but they were grown, uh, is that I have a family in heaven and I have a family on earth. And um, and so I have two sons in heaven, just as you do, but yours were young, and, and that has to be so difficult. Tell us about uh, uh, Caleb. 
Okay. Well, I'll, first of all, I want to back up a little bit and say, you know, our answer is, well, when we do say we have three, two are with our Lord and one is in our home. And so uh, it's a great testimony as to, as to where our faith resides. And, you know, we were forced into that situation initially with, with Caleb's death. We were in uh, Texas. At, uh, visiting my brother and sister-in-law for Christmas. And it was just after Christmas when a family friend who we've known for years uh, and is an accomplished pilot asked if we all wanted to go fly in his helicopter. He had recently gotten into rotorcraft, rotorcraft and we said, sure. And so it was a beautiful Saturday morning and everything was just perfect for flying. And uh, we went to the airport, and Caleb was so excited, and, and ironically, he was a little scared of heights, but I've never seen him so excited about an adventure, and he wanted to fly first. It could have been me, it could have been Noah, could have been Caleb, and we opted uh, to let Caleb go first. And, and how old was he? Uh, Caleb was nine years old. And uh, he opted to fly first, and Caleb was into gadgets, and we knew Dan, the pilot, as well, and Dan was just an overgrown kid, and, and just the gadgets and the helicopter and the headphones and everything else, and I'll never forget Caleb looking at me before they took off and giving me a thumbs up, you know, and... Uh, so anyways, they took off, and, and the flight, as you might guess, took longer than expected. And after, and we watched helicopters doing touch and goes and some other things, thinking every one of them were our, you know, Caleb and Dan. Um, unfortunately, though, we found out when my brother called the tower that uh, they did have a report of a helicopter crash. Mm -hmm. And uh, my son and Dan as well perished. And that's the day our lives changed. Yeah. So forever. That, yeah, forever. Yeah. And so the suddenness of it, you never expect to lose a child to something. Uh, quite honestly, flying even in amateur aircraft is so much more safe mm -hmm. than anything else we could do uh, recreationally. We drove to Texas in an ice storm. And, uh, you know, statistically, that should have been perhaps what happened. But instead, God called our son home, and it was obviously a day that's um, with us. We, While we heal, we still grieve. Sure, absolutely. It takes time. That's absolutely. one of the things we know. You were a vicar at the time, were you not? I was actually not a vicar in the church yet. I was actually a seminary student at that time um, and was at Concordia Lutheran, where I serve now, as a field worker, they call it, just touching base in the congregation. And uh, what a great place to be. We had, uh, first of all, the accident happened only a few miles from the congregation that I served for seven years as a director of Christian education and youth ministry. That was Caleb's church home. And so for us to be that close and for the, to be in that Christian community for the initial impact of of what we, we, Christian support. The, our church family was there. And then to come back to the seminary and have the embrace of the seminary, and I'll tell you, President Dale Meyer personally was just such a godsend as he reached out to us, Chaplain Jonathan Stein as well, and a variety of professors, a lot of uh, love and support, and uh, along with my classmates. And even as I mentioned that support, I'm lending support to one of my classmates that was with me at this, this time. Um, his name's Pat, Reverend Matthew Peterson in Schaumburg, Illinois, who just uh, 
uh, died yesterday uh, to cancer. And he and his family have been very close to us. And so we have the opportunity to reach out to them. But that's what Christian community can do for one another. And then we had Concordia Lutheran Church, which embraced us as well. I am convinced we were where we needed to be uh, for our well-being in the midst of this tragedy. Yes, absolutely. And by the way, for our listeners, Concordia Lutheran Church is my congregation. And so, you know, I've heard these things before, and I know this is really difficult for you, and I appreciate you sharing it. Um, And and that what you're saying is when tragedy happens, having not only knowing Christ as your Savior, but having the, the hands and the hugs and the prayers of God's people is so critical. And this is what the church is supposed to be. And and it can be. And it was for you and your Absolutely. wife and your son. Thank I you tell so people all the time now that I am in pastoral ministry and reaching out to people who are grieving, um, I counsel them frequently to um, to allow others to minister to them. You know, you're at a point in your life right now where strength is not necessary, so to speak, uh, lean on the strength of others. They're there for you. And, uh, so, um, in a roundabout way, I learned a lot through this experience about how to counsel others in grief as well. Yes. And you do that a lot now. I know you do. You, you kind of, God has kind of used this, uh, uh, tragedy and, and your second son as well to, uh, help you move into a, a new area of ministry where you're helping those that are either have loved ones that are dying or that are dying themselves and then afterwards. But before we talk a little bit about the grieving process, tell us a little bit about your baby. Okay. My baby, Nate, Nate was just, and all of my sons were godsend. Um, It was just amazing. We had some friends that contacted us and said, we know a girl who uh, is having a baby and wants to give it up for adoption comes from a solid Christian home. We're still connected to her. We love her to death. And uh, we, she chose us uh, by virtue of, of contacts to be the adoptive parents for her son, Nate. And we walked with her uh, through the latter stages of pregnancy. Nate was born a little prematurely, uh, and we, uh, uh, we walked through the whole NICU uh, uh, process with him. And he just came along so strong and was doing so well. And he was in our home. We brought him home uh, just a month after he was born. And so he was with us in our home for seven or six months. And um, the night that he passed away was the strangest thing. We had gone uh, to the swimming pool that day and had a great day of swimming. And Noah, our middle son, just loved Nate to death. He loves children and loves babies. And uh, was so proud to have a little brother. And we went swimming, had a great day, came home, had dinner. And my wife, as we were uh, sitting and preparing to go to to bed or to put Nate to bed, she said something just told her to hold him just a little extra longer that night. And she remembers that vividly. And she held him. And then when it was time for him to go to bed, she put him down. And then she went to the local drugstore. Um and so it was knowing myself at home. While she was gone, I was putting Noah to bed. He was brushing his teeth. And 
like many parents do, I thought I'd peek in on Nate to see if he was asleep or how he was doing. Uh, we were upstairs. Noah was brushing his teeth. And um, I peeked in on Nate, and he just didn't look right. And as I looked, I touched him, and he didn't move. And then I tried to wake him, and he didn't wake. I heard my wife come in the door. Gretchen came in the door about that time. And I picked up uh, Nate, and I, I yelled, dial 911. And she knew immediately by my voice, and so did Noah. Noah actually said, I don't want to do this again. Oh, he knew exactly. Um, and so um, I guess the rest is history. Obviously, he didn't survive. He was only down 15 minutes. Mm. And uh, so with that, we lost our second. Mm. It was very difficult. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, he was such a godsend to us. And we know that God sent him to our family. He was one of the Hayes boys. That's that's how we talk. He was a Hayes boy and continues to be in God's arms. Yes. And we look forward to that blessed reunion one day. Yes, absolutely. I don't know how. Uh, I remember sitting in your office before my sons passed away saying to you, I've never lost a son. I don't know how you deal with this. Um, and and uh, I, I guess at this point it would be good. We want to minister to those that have lost. People, Absolutely. Not just talk about your family, but you, you're not just out there ministering to people that are grieving without knowing what it's like. God's word says when you have gone through uh, a problem, you can more effectively minister to others that are going through that. And you've learned so much about grieving because you've had to go through this. But I think one of the things that happens a lot is uh, people say to me all the time, I don't know how you do it. And I'll say it's, it's just by the grace of God. And because, as you said, not only do we have a relationship with Jesus Christ and we know where our sons are, which is very comforting and, Absolutely. and very true, but also because of the prayers of God's people, which you've referred to before. But let me just ask what other people ask. Were you angry at God? Yes. And is um, it okay for us to be angry um, at God in these kind of situations? It's kind of interesting. I had a conversation with a, a good friend this morning about this. And, and uh, you know, anger with God is obviously, you know, people can look at two sides of the same coin. Angry with God is reflective of our sinful nature, okay? At the same time, is it okay to be angry with God? Well, you might as well express it if you are, because God knows your anger. I look at, at the scriptures, and I look at, for instance, the prophet Jeremiah, who in chapter 12 was complaining to God that the, the people who walked outside of faith were prospering, and he was complaining to God, literally angry. And God's response to him was basically, um, if you can't run with men, how are you going to run with horses? In other words, um, it's, if you think it's bad now, it's going to get even worse, you know. But Jeremiah did something that I think is wise counsel for all of us is take it to the throne of God's grace. Present it before him. So was I angry with him? Yes. I'll tell you just a brief story in that relation. Nate's birth mother was at the visitation. Uh, we had a private one with Nate. We'd been there once. We didn't want to go through the big thing that we did with Caleb when we lost him. And so uh, Nate's birth mother was there. And she was raised in a solid Christian home. 
she looked at me and she said, well, let me tell you, by virtue of a number of bad things happening to her, she was angry with God, obviously. And she looked at me at that visitation and said, what do you think about God now? And I said, to be honest with you, I'm not very happy with him. I said, but the same God that I'm frustrated with is the same one that gives me comfort and hope. Nate was a baptized child of God. He walks in God's grace, and I know his destiny. So you want the truth? I'm not real happy with God right now, but he's the same one that gives me hope. Her mom overheard this whole conversation, and she pulled me aside, and she said, thank you so much, because that's exactly the words she needed to hear. Yeah. It's easy for us to get angry at God in situations like this, but we need to understand as just as you said, that it's God rules. And when they do die, they go to be with him. And I can just see those two children sitting on Jesus lap. Yes. He, he, he's holding them and caring for them and loving them. And, um, and, and we, as we proceed through that grieving process, we'll get over our anger, hopefully. 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 Yeah. Some people never do. Some people, when tragedy or, or circumstances come upon them, uh, they turn away from God. And that's, that's correct. And that's a terrible thing to do. And we would encourage our listeners that might be in that situation to look back to the Lord and, and go back to him and ask for forgiveness because he is there for you. Absolutely. And we ask that question, uh, you know, why does God let these things happen? Uh, why does God let bad things happen to good people? And the, the questions are endless. Uh, the why questions are monumental in the life of grief. Um, I received counsel from two individuals in the regard to the why questions. And one of them, a trusted pastor friend, told me the why questions are from Satan. Push them away and let them go. Another trusted pastor friend says, I know his opinion because they're buddies. They went to college or to seminary together. And he says, I know his opinion, but I say uh, embrace the why questions because the why questions always take you back to God mm. and conversation with God and saying, God, Why? And so I think, that, you know, in some strange way, I think they're both right on that it is Satan that tries to draw us away from our faith. When these tragedies happen, Satan would love to deceive us and say, God is against you. And the reality is there is no better place to take our why questions than to God mm -hmm. and listen to him say to us, like Jeremiah, perhaps, you know, I'm here for you. My mission is being accomplished. Your children were in my care from the beginning, and they're in my care now. Um, just continue on the journey yeah. and share me with others. Absolutely. I have a few announcements I want to make, and then we'll continue talking about this topic of uh, the grieving process. Today, Family Shield is giving away the booklet, Live the Six, Being an Everyday Missionary. To request a complimentary copy, call the Family Shield Response Center, 1-877-250-8416 or email us at witness2family at gmail.com. Please make sure you give us your complete name and address when you call or write. 
The Family Shield radio program airs on more than 50 radio stations each week throughout the United States and is also available through our podcast. We are a listener-supported ministry. We invite your prayers and support. If you'd like to support us, send a gift to Family Shield Ministries, P.O. Box 230015, St. Louis, Missouri, 63123. You can also donate on our website at www.familyshieldministries.com. If you're a Thrivent Financial member, you can designate your Thrivent Choice dollars to support Family Shield Ministries. Go to www.thrivent.com slash Thrivent Choice or call Thrivent at 1-800-847-4836 and one of their employees will help you. Remember, you choose, but Thrivent gives the gift. For more information, contact us at witness2family at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening to Family Shield and for your prayers. Learn more again at www.familyshieldministries.com. This is Kay Meyer, host for today's Family Shield program. Thanks for listening. I want to again go back to my guest, Reverend Jerry Hayes. We've talked about the death of two of his sons. And uh, we want to continue to talk a little bit more as the time permits, and we don't have a lot of time left, about the stages of grief and what happens. Because what has happened through this uh, for you, uh, Reverend Hayes, is that you have really moved into the area of ministry of grief, uh, helping people, and uh, uh, that has to be kind of tough. It, it It is tough and it's rewarding. As I say, when I'm with people who are losing loved ones or have lost a loved one, um, it's a difficult place to be, but I wouldn't be any place but there because that that is where God has put me. Every pastor that deals in parish ministry deals with the death of, of people in their parish or loved ones. And uh, so it's a reality in pastoral ministry. Uh, as I go into it, I just go with a level of experiential knowledge that perhaps others have not experienced as well. So, mm-hmm. Well, let's talk uh, for the last part of our program, maybe about five minutes here, um, about what we say to someone that has lost a loved one or that is going to die themselves, and they know it, mm-hmm. but may not believe in Christ. What do we, what do we share and and how do we give that comfort of Christ? Right. Well, my wife and I, Gretchen and I always talk about how um we just can't imagine getting through this without faith in Christ. Um it is unbelievable. First of all, people do get through it yes, without faith. I want to acknowledge that uh, God has wired people so that we have strength in hard situations. Some do better than others. Uh, for Gretchen and I, we are not the kind of people that can't get out of bed every day. We we are capable of getting up and putting one foot in front of the other, and we've done that all along. And yet at the same time, we can walk through this grief process knowing that in faith of Christ, that our children 
are only temporally dead on this earth. They're alive in Christ forever. Mm -hmm. And with that, there's a great amount of peace. We also have the the certain hope of a reconciliation, the day when we come together with our children once again, and we celebrate Mm -hmm. life eternal with them. How do we do that? Through faith in Jesus Christ. So your question was, what do you say to someone who's experiencing uh, uh, grief or, or potential loss of a loved one uh, when they're outside of the faith and you share your personal experience. I say the best way to, uh, to witness to somebody is through your personal story. And so I can, can share as well as my wife can share and has done so because she works in a school district, um, how we can do it. You know, our goal has been not only to get through grief, because I don't quite honestly believe we ever will. Grief now, oh, this is the new normal changes. for us. Yeah, right. Yes, it's what we refer to as the new normal. Um, but at the same time, to find joy in life. And let's not forget that we still have Noah to raise. Oh, and absolutely. to do so uh, in a Christian home and to do so in a joy-filled environment. Mm-hmm. And so um, as as we get through it, our, our faith just gives us so much strength. And we know that the Holy Spirit's been at work in our lives, uh, building us up in faith. And through this experience, the Holy Spirit continues to build us up and to keep us firm in that faith so that we, too, one day can reunite with our loved ones, you know. You're right. And so um, that's, that's the end all. How do you, what do you say to people? Share your testimony. Mm-hmm. Share your life experiences, what God has done for you. Uh, because I can tell you that while I know people do it without faith, I am not convinced that they do it with the same level of comfort and peace that we do mm-hmm. and the hope that one day we're one, once again reunited. Yeah. We have about two minutes left. Anything okay. else you want to share related to helping our listeners understand the grieving process a little bit? Well, I guess people talk frequently about stages of grief, and we can look at different schools of philosophy or theory about grief and these stages. The thing to acknowledge is that everybody grieves differently. differently. Mm-hmm. And you go in stages and out of stages, up, down, backwards, all around. Uh, it's, it's kind of an emotional roller coaster at times. As I said, with the loss of my dear friend Matt, we're me and Gretchen are both. We said this morning in our prayer together that we're revisiting places we haven't been in a long time. It's hard to see loved ones uh, pass on, even knowing that they're in the arms of Christ. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I would kind of conclude with that, just to know that there is no set standard, there's no set process. And for those of you that are ministering or reaching out to someone in grief, know that frequently the best thing you can say is nothing at all. Be there, listen, give them a hug, and let them know that you love them and that God loves them too. The ministry of presence. Absolutely. I learned that years ago when my son's best friend was killed in a car accident, and uh, we were invited over the first night to his parents' home. Well, I'm going to just make some closing uh, uh, remarks and uh, again mention that my guest has been Reverend Jerry Hayes of Concordia Lutheran Church in Kirkwood, Missouri. Uh, I want to encourage our listeners to go to church this weekend and worship the Lord. If you don't have a home congregation and would like us to recommend a church near your home, call our response center. That's the same number, 877-317-4326. 
You've been listening to Family Shield, a production of Family Shield Ministries. Its mission is to educate and equip people through the power of the gospel to know Christ, grow in His Word, and to strengthen individuals and their families. To learn how you can obtain resources or support the ministry, go to www.familyshieldministries.com or write Family Shield Ministries, P.O. Box 230015, St. Louis, Missouri, 63123. And tune in again next week for Family Shield.